<laughs> now, do you want to do you want to start? No, <laughs> I've did I've done it once. Uh, I'm not doing it ever again. I'm okay to be your sidekick. <laughs> that's not the that's not how it is at all. Um, what it is like? No, I'm not. just We're a support joint system. partnership. You do more than me. No, it even. is a partnership, but I'm I'm like I'm here for the support. Okay. You're the you're in the, the sense produ- of like I'm your sidekick, you know. Batman could not be anything without Robin. You're not Robin. And, you're, you know, you're SpongeBob SquarePants is nothing without Patrick. You're you're Colin Calloway, and I'm Cat Valdez. That's what that that's what it is. Oh, look at you! Ah, oh yeah, yeah I am, I am, I am. Co- who who am I? I am Colin, Colin, Colin Calloway. Calloway. Colin Calloway. Calloway. And oh, you Cat, are Cat, Cat, Cat Valdez. 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 Yes. Yeah. Marry me, marry me, marry me, say yeah. Cool. <laughs> Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two friends just made a podcast. It's called Culture Bucket. Welcome, one and all, to the 63rd episode of uh, the Universe's Greatest Podcast, Culture Bucket, uh, where we um, pull some choice nuggets of culture out of our bucket each week to discuss with you, the listener, and uh, I keep using the uh, pronoun we. Is we a pronoun? Yes, it is. To denote so. more than one person. Because I'm not on my own. You just heard a voice. It was the voice of Alex. And the voice that's speaking is the voice of George. These are your hosts. We are your hosts on this and every episode of Culture Bucket. Hi, Alex. <laughs> Hi, George. Hi, everyone. How are you today, George? Good. I'm good. It's a cold day in the UK. <laughs> and that's about all I have to say on the matter. <laughs> ah, it's a cold day in the UK. And that's all I have to say. It's all a rhyme. You're like yeah, a great, yeah, exactly. you know, spoken word guy. I am. How are you? Yeah. Ah, I am. I woke up this morning with snow outside my house. So I'm amazed that it's nearly March and it's still snowing. Wow. Sounds... Climate change much? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> started early today. Your face is just like, keep it light, keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drinking uh, from your from your cup. <laughs> yeah, my show cup. All right, my your show cup. It's amazing. Every week you seem to have, you seem to have a different cup. What's yeah. your keep cup? No, my show. Well, my friendship with my keep cup is over. No, my show cup is my best friend. Ah, yeah. is it actual called show cup or is it just the cup that you use during the show? No, no, no. It's a show, show cup. Shock up, sure. Uh, yeah, so- it's good. It keeps stuff colder for longer <laughs> than my keep cup and warmer for longer, and um, it's red, so I like it. What? So you you don't use your keep cup anymore? No, I do. It's like my backup cup, my secondary cup. Ah, 
So now you like the show cup. Yeah, awesome. yeah that's good. Um, Great. Yeah, man. So today we're doing a special. Yeah. We're reviewing a movie of a kind of movie we haven't really talked about in detail before like this. So it'll be exciting to discuss it. We're talking about a movie, Marry Me. Marry Me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. We're We've talking both... about a movie called Marry Me. Yeah, the Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson rom-com. Um, we've both been to the cinema to see it. Mm-hmm. What an exciting trip that must have been. Oh, you know, I, I don't go to the cinema often, and I'm so glad I used one of my times to go to the cinema to watch this film. Good. Me too. Um... <laughs> But before we get into breaking down Marry Me and talking about the cast and uh, the reception it's had and what the plot's like and how we felt about the movie, uh, we're going to have a little bit of our usual culture catch-up and my tube, starting with culture catch-up. Isn't that exciting? Who's going first, Alex? Uh, I think I am. Good, go. Yeah, uh, so I only got one uh, documentary to talk about today. Um, there's this amazing thing that I've discovered uh, only this year, which is a Japanese film festival, online film festival. Cool. And um, it's free. And you can watch uh, the films that uh, they provide only once, but uh, you can watch them, which is amazing. So... Um, uh, I'm, uh, you know, in the process of watching like various films, but um, I wanted to talk about uh, this one, uh, this documentary called um, "The God of Ramen." Oh, okay. Sounds uh, like sounds good. So, is yeah, it in, is well, it a Japanese? So, is it in Japanese? Yeah, so but it's it, a Japanese film festival of uh, Japanese uh, films, and this is a is a documentary. Uh, uh, set in Japan, of course, mm-hmm. ramen. Um, and uh, ramen is very important to us. Uh, we've uh, we've travelled far, and you know we've ate, eaten a lot of ramen in yep. our lives. But George what is ramen, Alex? <clears throat> ramen is this incredible uh, noodle soup with uh, whatever, whatever restaurant you go to, there's a different recipe. So you can have like, you can have tonkotsu ramen, which is like the pork one. You can have miso ramen. You can have soy sauce ramen. It's amazing. It's this like beautiful, brothy, uh, noodly, meaty, vegetable-y incredibleness. And depending on the restaurant you go to, you'd have different recipes mm-hmm. and people go to different restaurants. So we have tried, George and I, many different kinds of ramen. Yes, please. And it kind of it's kind of a bit culty, isn't it? Going to the perfect ramen place, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like when t- I've never had ramen before moving to Japan. And then uh the first time I had it I was like, what is this? All this broth you know what is this and then the more you start discovering different ramen shops it's just a beautiful beautiful experience isn't it yes and then when you find your ramen <sighs> your favorite ramen mm-hmm. then you have found your ramen yes so for example george's f- favorite ramen is not my favorite ramen <laughs> did you like the one that was really garlicky uh, that one was okay, but no, my favourite one was the really thick one on the edge of that industrial estate. Ah, yes, yes, oh. yes. I have, uh, I have uh, memories of after that ramen. 
which I'm not going to discuss. But so every so ramen is is amazing, and um, I don't know, George, if you ever seen the film, uh, the documentary Ramen Heads. No, you've told me about it before, but I've never watched it. Yeah. So um, there's a documentary uh, called Ramen Heads, and it's about like the best ramen now uh, made in this uh, from this guy in Tokyo. And I actually went to his ramen shop, and it was an amazing, incredible experience. And so, like watching documentaries about ramen makes me—I don't know—it's kind of nice. After Ramen Heads, I was kind of waiting for another ramen documentary. And before Ramen Heads, because Ramen Heads came out in 2017. But before Ramen Heads, this uh, documentary called The God of Ramen in 2013 came out. Mm. And um, it's uh, so it's about uh, it took 10, ten years uh, to make this documentary. And it, it shows the life of uh, this um, 70 year old uh, ramen chef uh, called Kazuo Yamagishi. Mm-hmm. And uh, he devoted his life to making uh, the best ramen and teaching others to do the same. And uh, he has this really, he had this really tiny uh, ramen shop and people like queued uh, for hours to go and eat his ramen. But um, after his wife dies, um, his kind of health starts deteriorating and he oh. doesn't really look after himself very much. And all he wants to do is work, 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 you know, classic you know Japanese style I'm gonna work I'm not gonna think about it and people were just waiting every day uh, outside his ramen shop until one day unfortunately he can't make it to the ramen shop anymore but um uh it's 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 really sad in a way story because like his dedication to ramen was his life and uh, um, in Japan when somebody dedicates their life to um, a craft they dedicate their life to to a craft and he dedicated his life to the craft of making ramen Um, and uh, he um, he uh, invented uh, this type of ramen, which I can't really, I can't remember the name, but um, he had lots of apprentices and he gave them the recipe, like without asking for anything, because he just wanted to uh, spread his knowledge, which is very different from the documentary Ramen Heads, where he's like, oh, I'm not telling you what I'm putting in my ramen. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's, I, they say, oh, there's this, this and this, but then there's a secret ingre- ingredient. But what you can see from this documentary is the kindness he had for people and the love they had for his job and the amount of people that came to that shop just for him because the shop was tiny and pretty dirty and, you know, waiting two hours for a bowl of ramen. I know we've all done it in Japan, but... um, uh yeah so if if you can watch it this this um document uh, the japanese film festival will last until this weekend um and it's free george so if you fancy watching uh, the god of ramen uh it's uh it's on this uh, japanese film festival and i think it's definitely an, a nice um film to watch to feel kind of uh, natsukashi uh, yeah. a bit you know uh um, how would you say uh, just remember the amazing times in yeah. Japan and, it uh, might also make me sad and hungry 
And mainly hungry. It will definitely make you hungry. And that's uh, it for me for this week. Nice. Good. Sounds like mm. a good recommendation. I do love ramen. So what, I mean, what's the better documentary, Ramen Heads or The God of Ramen? Well, Ramen Heads, it's amazing. Uh, is that, And it's all about all the ramen in, in Japan and the Japanese, Japanese competition. And, you know, I went to eat his ramen and it's, amazing so of course he's a rock uh, a rock star the okay. you know the guy from um uh, what's his name uh i think his name is shota Lida. but yeah so he's a rock star and so i love that documentary but um this one is more like a bit more emotional and uh you see how how human he is Cool. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But okay. I will definitely watch Ramen Heads. And next time you go to Japan, you go to his ramen restaurant because it's so good. Cool. I will. Yeah. Oh, I love ramen yeah. so much. And anybody that's listening that wants to go to Japan, you go to his restaurant because it's good. Yeah. Good, good. Um, okay. Well, I have three things to talk about in mm. some amount of detail. Starting with, I went to cinema to see the new adaptation or the latest video game adaptation, uh, big blockbuster one, of the video game series Uncharted. Amazing. Yeah? No, it just because, uh, I don't know, uh, it, the, the, the cinema is being so bad here. Like, I've got really limited amount of films I can watch in a limited amount of time. And I'm I just like I I kind of wanted to watch Uncharted, but I've missed it. I'm sorry. I'm tomorrow. I'm going to go and see Studio Six Six Six. So keep your ears out for a review of that coming up soon. Nice. Yeah, it's exciting. You know the Foo Fighters, uh, Foo Fighters movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, Uncharted is um, you know about the video game, right, Alex? Yeah, I don't think you, you no. ever played it. No. No, I I didn't even know it was from a video game until I. Uh, I'm sure that when Dan was on, he I think he talked about Uncharted because I know he loves those games quite but a you lot. Know, you know when people talk about games, what? <laughs> I just switch off. I'm like, mm-hmm. That's fair. I know, during the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't talk about Uncharted during the episode, did he? No, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't on his list, but it would, it would be up there. I don't think so. Well, Uncharted is a popular... Um, a popular PlayStation video game franchise uh, created by Naughty Dog, who were the original developers mm. of the Crash Bandicoot series and uh, more recently made The Last of Us games. Um, oh, I was really disappointed to hear this week that The Last of Us TV show isn't going to be on until next year. I really thought it was going to come out this year, mm. but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about that. But yeah, it's, it's taken a very, very long time for this adaptation's come out. It follows, well, the games follow um, treasure hunter Nathan Drake, who is very much an Indiana Jones cipher, um, and his sort of sidekick slash mentor, Sully. And Nathan Drake is a guy in his mid to late 30s, um, maybe close to 40s, and Sully mm -hmm. is a man in his late 50s, early 60s with a big bushy moustache. Um, so, you know, it makes sense that in the film they cast Tom Holland as Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg as Sully. Okay, yeah. Yeah, even though this well, film's... I guess, had... like, 
Well, I think they're looking at it, I guess, to in the future, Tom Holland will age into the role and it will be a bit more appropriate. Okay. Um, okay. And then I guess the same like is Tom true Holland of Mark Wahlberg. Tom does not look... No. In, so there's a... Um, yeah, and there was a there was a, this this movie's had such a long trouble production that there was a point in time where it was going to be directed by David O. Russell, who made like um, I Heart Huckabees and The Fighter and a lot of quite mm. serious dramatic movies, and it it was going to be Mark Wahlberg playing Nathan Drake, I think, and then Robert De Niro playing Sully, and then suddenly over time it's become Mark Wahlberg <laughs> playing Sully and then Tom Holland playing Nathan Drake, and it's a very different movie, um, directed by the guy that directed Venom. Uh, the first Venom movie, Venom. which is uh, Venom, the Venom is a Venom, Venom, and uh, you know that's interesting. Ruben Fleischer, he directed, uh, I think he directed Zombieland back in the day as well, didn't he? Ruben Fleischer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So he made Zombieland, which is you know a good movie. Made Venom, which is not a great movie, and now he's made Uncharted, uh, and it does open like some of the games do in the middle of an action scene with Tom Holland hanging out of the back of a cargo plane, almost about to mm. fall to his death. And then it cuts to 15 years earlier and shows an actor playing uh, supposedly a young Nathan Drake who looks to be about the same age as Tom Holland. <laughs> and I was like, how is, how is this guy going to look in 15 years like Tom Holland? Um, but we have a little bit of setup there where his, uh, his brother disappears and vows to come back to him but never turns up. And then we cut to present day. Nathan Drake's working as a barman in New York and grifting people, uh, doing his little cons and being a little... Uh, Cheeky chappy con man boy, uh, when all, all of a sudden Mark Wahlberg sully strides into his life, tells him that he's on the hunt for some treasure, then that he might be able to help him find his missing brother, and they go off on an adventure to look for the treasure where they are joined by um are joined by Chloe, who is a catcher in the games, played by Sophia Ali. Um the most well cast person. She looks exactly like the character from the games, which is good, and she's a sort of uh, and, and another treasure hunter who uh, double crosses. There's double crosses on top of double crosses on top of double crosses in this movie. Um, and they are attempting to be stopped by um, rich guy Antonio Banderas, who, uh, yeah, who is in this movie in as much as he's, he appears in front of the camera in various scenes, and I guess he learned the lines just before he walked on set, so he's able to say them. That's about. Oh, Antonio, why? It's all right. It's fine. He's not the he's not the most memorable villain of all time. Um, he's he's like a fifty year old guy who's upset that his dad's gonna give away their big fortune, so he's on the hunt for this treasure, which he thinks he has like a kind of um, birthright to. And the treasure is this billions of dollars of gold bullion that's trapped in these ships, ancient medieval ships or pirate ships or something. That's your setup for the movie. Nice. And um, it's a pretty fun, good film. I Yeah, you probably would have enjoyed it if you'd watched it. It's mm. had, right, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 40% score on the tomato meter, marking it quite in very much in the rotten category. But then it's the audience score is 90%, which is a huge difference. And we'll be talking about this a bit more with Marry Me about the uh, the disparity between the critic score and audience score on some movies recently. Um, Yeah. And when you read the negative reviews of Uncharted, a lot of them seem to be, it's a video game adaptation, so it must be bad. Mm. And then... Oh, so they haven't even watched the movie. Well, they will have watched the movie, but with like, you know, 
biased views going in, I think. Uh, and also, it's very similar to Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, it is similar to Indiana Jones. So are the National Treasure movies. But you know what? They came out a decade ago, and Indiana Jones came out like 20 years before that. We don't get that many Treasure Hunter movies. You've got National Treasure, no. Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider. That's about it, Romancing the Stone. I mean, how many superhero movies come out every year? And I love the superhero movies. Yeah. But... Every review of each superhero movie isn't like, oh, it's a bit like the other superhero movies. It must be a terrible movie. <laughs> like, I like watching um, a couple of a couple of goons going around an old crypt looking for treasure and flashing their torches on things and translating Me Latin too. and going, oh, it must mean this. Look, I look, it's secretly a compass. If I put it on the map and spin it, this this appears on the map. I love all of that. That's good stuff. And the movie does it well. And do you know what? He's totally miscast, but Tom Holland is, as he is in Spider-Man, really, really good in this film. Like, he's just very what? good at playing these sorts of action, everyday action hero kind of roles. Mm. Why is he miscast? Is it because he's too young? Because he doesn't look anything like Nathan Drake and he's way too young to play oh, okay. the character as he's in the films. Um, yeah. In the game, sorry. Uh, in the same way that Mark Wahlberg is miscast as Sully, but... And I don't particularly like Mark Wahlberg, but he's the best in this that he's been in a long time. He's he's actually really good. Like, he's actually... Mark Wahlberg is miscast in everything. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. But he's I'm actually sorry, but he he he's always not the best is he? No, I know, I agree. I don't like him. And he always plays himself, and he always just seems to be playing. But in this movie, he's actually playing a character, and he's actually trying. I think, and he's he's good. I enjoyed him in it, and I enjoyed Tom Holland in it. And it's not the best movie of all time, but it's better than forty percent. And um, I think people should give it a go. And don't worry about the fact that it's a video game adaptation. It's just a fun sort of adventure movie. Just get over yourselves. Mm. Anyway, Uncharted is a good time. You should watch it. Uh, other than that, just very quickly to say that uh, I talked a week or so ago about the new Big Thief album, Dragon, New War, Mountain, I Believe in You. And uh, yeah. I got two days ago, I got to go and see them live at the, at the uh, Academy in Manchester on the first night of nice. their tour supporting that album. And it was... One of the best live shows I've ever been to. And um, whether you can catch them on this current tour or not, I really do think that that album is genuinely a masterpiece. I've listened to it so much over the past couple of weeks and it's absolutely wonderful and brilliant. And um, they put on such a, an incredible show. They were so very, very good. They played 12 songs, I think, off that album. They played you know, the majority of the album live and it was so good to hear those songs live. And some of them really came to life in a different way live and it was good. A uh, couple of odd wrinkles. Mm. Number one, uh, we got there early enough to see the support act because um, I, w I went with my brother and we were wondering about whether to get there early enough for the support. And then I looked up who the support was and looked him up on Spotify and was like, he's a, I think, Nairobi-born, Berlin-based electronic musician who creates soundscapes from found audio sources. And I was like, that oh. sounds interesting. And then... Um, <laughs> that sounds just down my street. Yeah, pretty much. Point. <laughs> and then I played I played like 30 seconds of his most popular song on YouTube and it was very on uh, Spotify and it was very much like um some sort of nature sounds with burbling electronic beeps around it and I was like yeah I'll go and see this. So we got there early and enough to see him. Your brother was like definitely. <laughs> uh, uh, no, he was like if you want to um so then uh we got there early enough. We got there before the support started and uh, made our way to fairly near the front of the stage and um when the support act walked out, he walked out with the band Big Thief, which is pretty unusual for the band to come out at the start of the support mm. act slot. And uh, the Big Thief guy took the, um, one of the guys from Big Thief took the microphone and said, hi, everybody. Um, we, uh, 
we've been thinking of, for a while about doing uh, an announcement like this at the start of the show, so we thought we'd come out and uh, have a chat. Addy was like, so um, we just really want, once once the music starts, we really want the energy to all sort of flow in the direction of the music, you know, and just kind of all be about the music itself. So once once it starts, if you want to have a chat or anything to, to people you're with, that's fine. Just, you know, you can step outside to do that. <laughs> it was a bit like, it was, it was very odd. And then when, and then they said, and then we'll, we'll see you later. And they walked off the stage. And the guy started his set and I realised about five minutes in that I think the reason that they'd done that is because if they hadn't asked the crowd to be quiet for this guy's set, the crowd might not have noticed that he'd started. Ah, oh, okay. It was it was very much half an hour of the same noise with some sort of, again, nature noises underneath it. And it was it was interesting, it was alright. Um I won't name I won't like name and shame the guy because I'm not being totally uh positive about him but he was he he's mm. doing he's doing good work but it was an odd choice of a support act for like a a live show um it did sound a little bit like what my alexa might do if i asked it to play sleep sounds for me <laughs> but you know never mind uh, but okay. then big thief came on and were mostly brilliant they put do you know have you ever seen the things you can buy them at like covered markets in the uk like little it's like a little glass sphere and it's got a little mm. metal ball in the middle of it and when you turn it on all these little purple arcs of light or electricity shoot out of the of the metal ball in the middle and hit the sides of the glass and if you touch the glass they all shoot up and hit your hand do you know what i'm talking about uh, absolutely not. Oh, come on, Alex. Be <laughs> I have no idea. You use so many words. It's like I only a, it's ha- like a, it's like a glass like ball. A glass ball, and you plug it in, and in the middle of it, there's like a metal ball. And when you turn it on, all light comes out, all electricity sparks out, and starts going around. It looks like something out of a mad scientist laboratory. Oh, and then when you touch it, the the, the, yeah, the electricity yeah. touches your finger. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, look, this. I'll show you on my webcam. This is good audio content. Um, this kind of a, <laughs> this kind of a thing. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry, so, I was thinking about other balls. No, in the sense, like no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like a big one. What's um, it called? Just bouncy balls, marbles. Marbles. No, 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 not marbles. Um, so they had one of those, just a normal one, like a normal sized mm. one, and they just put it on the amps next to the drum kit. And uh, then throughout the gig, particularly the bassist, would just wander over to it and touch it and see all the light touching his finger and then just wander back and carry on the show. And it felt a little bit like maybe they thought they were getting um, some energy from it in some way. It was... Uh, did you just like the show because it was weird? It was it was weird, but no, they like the actual performances of the songs were so incredible. Um like oh. genuinely I think they're an incredible group of musicians and I I really love them, but they are it was an experience to see them live because it wasn't quite like any other show I've seen. Um so I would recommend people check them out if they can. Um and then at the end of the gig, uh, the lead singer Adrian Lenker did tell quite a long story about arguing with a flight attendant on a plane that didn't quite go anywhere but um but then they played 
two two amazing songs afterwards as the encore, so it was all fine. Um, but no, Big Thief and that album, please do go and listen to it. It's so, so good. And then the last one to say is, yesterday, uh, the video game Elden Ring came out and very quickly became the most popular or the most well-reviewed video game just about of all time on quite a few sites. And it is the latest game from From Software, who made Dark Souls years ago, which um, I've talked oh, yeah. to you before about being my favourite game of all time. And this is very much... Um, the latest Dark Souls game by another name, uh, Elden Ring. And the storyline has been written by George R. R. Martin, who wrote Game of Thrones, who's collaborated with the developers on it. And I've only had a chance to play about five hours of it so far, but it seems absolutely insanely incredible. And I don't want to do anything else for the rest of my life other than play Elden Ring. Um, so those are those people out there who, who, who play games, uh, you've already heard about Elden Ring, but Elden Ring's pretty great. It seems incredible. I is love it. it. Is it similar to um, the other one where you, when you die, you have to start again? Yes. Or you, it's really, yeah. Yeah, but this time it's set in this big open world and you can just kind of go anywhere you want. So like I started it and you come out of the main, the little bit where it tells you how to play the game and you stood on this hmm. little outcrop of rock and there's just a big kind of open world around you and you can go in basically any direction. And like initially I wandered off to the left and saw this enormous like 20 foot tall giant wandering along a beach and he had a sword stuck for him. And I was like, that guy looks, uh, and I'd picked the a character where you start wearing uh, nothing other than a pair of underpants and you have no way to protect yourself <laughs> other than like a wooden club. It's called the wretched. And it's like the kind of the most difficult character to start the game with, but there's like good advantageous reasons to do it. But anyway, so I ran up to him in my pants with my little club and started trying to fight him. And he killed me about 10 times in a row. And I was like, maybe that's not the right way to go. So I went off to the right instead and met a, <laughs> met a big knight on horseback who um, uh, killed me straight away. And I was like, that doesn't seem like the right way to go either. So I kind of went off in the middle instead and ended up like finding this cave and I went into this cave and there was loads of these tiny little imps in there throwing knives at me and then I fought this huge cat that breathed fire at me and it just feels like um it like there's a there's a really famous episode of the Simpsons where Millhouse gets a game uh called Bonestorm and he types his own name into the game and it kind of it kind of starts it goes all crazy and it's like I only typed in my name and it feels like that in terms of like anything could happen it feels really open and emergent and exciting in, in the way that a few video games do and it's been a really cool experience so far and then I finally leveled up enough to go and defeat the giant and I killed the giant that had the sword stabbed him in and I went down to the beach and there were these huge like balls of tentacles with beaks sticking out of them that I had a fight with um it was cool <laughs> it was really cool it's, it's cool amazing game. that you had to fight that guy 10 times before you decided to go to another direction. Because I was like, I think I can get it. I kept getting him down to like half <laughs> half his health bar had gone. And I was like, I think maybe I can kill this guy. And then he'd just stomp on yeah. me and kill me again. I was like, ah, um, oh, it's the best. It's, it seems amazing. So that's really exciting. Um, but yeah, that's all my culture catch up for today. That's all your culture catch up for today. So we'll yeah. move swiftly into our next segment, my tube. Magic, 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 magic,
so I have a I have potentially a movie trailer to 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 show you because I think okay the last time we spoke was actually te- was before the Super Bowl in America and quite a few movie trailers came out around the time of that and in particular a new trailer for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness came out. Did you watch it? No. No. Okay. Do you know anything, anything about this new trailer? No. Okay, then we'll find it and watch it and you can see what you think. Okay, so watch this carefully because there's a few moments, one in particular, that are quite interesting and potentially quite exciting. Okay. Uh, like I, It's funny because just before I started recording, I went on YouTube and I saw that. I was like, oh my God, I, I have to watch that. So I was going to watch it after. And now I'm watching it with you. Woo. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So I am ready. All right, then. So three... Two, one, go. Every night, I dream the same dream. It's very dramatic. Oh, yes. There are steps. Things There's exp- a war. The multiverse. Benedict without a top on. <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> That's all what we want. Definitely. What did you do, Doctor Strange? You cannot control everything, Strange. No, you can't control everything, Strange. Sam Raimi? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's made... Oh, there's... um. What's her name? Michelle Williams? No. Is it Michelle? No, 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 no. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. There's a cowman. What's the truth? Well, who said that? We should tell him the truth. Who said that? Did I don't you know. did you recognize that voice? No, shall I go back again? Just yeah, go back again. Okay, I'm going to go back. We should tell him the truth. I to- oh, I don't know. Shall we talk about it at the end of the video? I'll talk to you yeah. later at the end of the video. Oh, there's an evil Doctor Strange. Wonder with her wandering hands. <laughs> Oh, that, I love that scene where he, where he chops the, the bus in half. Yeah, it looks well cool. Wanda sees Wanda. <gasps> there are two Wanders. Oh, there's a new character. A young girl. Wong is in peril. Hmm. I think that'd be quite exciting. Yeah, I'm quite excited. So a couple of things. So the new character, yeah. the young girl, is America Chavez, who is a, um, I think she's a member of the Young Avengers, and she can open portals to other places in the multiverse, which is probably why she's in this movie. Makes sense to introduce her. But I think she'll be mm. quite a big character going forwards. Uh, there was also a quick shot of somebody that people think might be Monica Rambo or Maria Rambo as Captain Marvel um, fighting Scarlet Witch. But equally, okay. people think that that's Tom... But I thought, I thought Captain Marvel was uh, Brie Larson. Ah, but lots of people in the comics have been Captain Marvel, and the next Captain Marvel ah. movie is called The Marvels and is going to be Brie Larson's Captain Marvel with Miss Marvel and potentially Maria Rambo's Captain Marvel, who has other names as well. So people think that might be her introduction as, as a Captain Marvel, okay. or people also mm-hmm. think that it's Tom Cruise playing Iron Man. 
that didn't sound like Tom Cruise. No, 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 not, no, not that voice. But like, there's oh. a there's a shot where you see something that looks like Captain Marvel, but people think it might also be an Iron Man being played by Tom Cruise, because there's a big rumor that Tom Cruise is going to turn up in this movie, playing a version of Tony, a variant of Tony Stark of some description. Um, I am not happy about that. Yeah, well, I've, I, I, I don't mind. Um, <laughs> and then okay. The voice was Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I thought, like, it, yeah, I just couldn't, okay. So. X-Men? Professor X is in the movie, apparently, it seems. So, yeah, Professor X potentially in the film as well. What do you think? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope it doesn't get too confusing, but I'm excited. You know I get confused easily. Yeah, it looks like it could it could potentially all fall apart a bit in terms of the confusion levels. Yeah, so I hope... But they're getting ambitious. This is way more oh, ambitious sorry. than the last Doctor Strange movie. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it looks really exciting. And, you know, uh, it looks like people are playing different parts. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's interesting. And... Um, yeah. I just I'm really excited about this film. I really want to see Me it. Me too. Um right. So, okay. Next, I've got something a little bit different to share with you. Um Okay. I'm not going to give you any context for it. I just want you to watch it okay. to start with and you can you can see what you think of it. Um let me know when you're ready to start. The most random celebs ever seeing Let It Be. That's the title. Yeah. I've never seen this. No, you, I don't think you will have. It's it's something okay. else. Okay, you ready? Okay. Okay, three, two, one, go. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. Speaking words of so, wisdom. Roger Moore is singing Let It Be. He is. Oh? Huey. What? So, oh? Jason Alex. <laughs> So, what? <laughs> Ricky Lee. So, these random people are singing Let It Be. Yeah. Why? Alberto Tomba, he's like an Italian skier. <laughs> what? Why? This is the most nineties thing you could possibly make. They're they're on a beach, but they're not on the beach. They're like in a room, and there's a beach projection behind them, and they're singing "Let It Be." Oh my! This what? What? What is this? And they're so into it. This is Tonya Harding, the skater. <laughs> <laughs> what? Clint Close. What is happening? Is this is? Alex, is this, I'll explain all. This is so cringy. <laughs> oh my god, this Alfonso Ribeiro. <laughs> That's really into it. Oh my god, she's playing an air guitar. And now there are photos. Oh, Pamela Anderson. And she's not singing, though. No. She's just in the photo album. 
Leslie Nielsen is the album as is this a spoof? No, it's not a spoof. Is this a Mickey Rourke is in everybody's got a pair of glasses. <laughs> and they playing air guitar. <laughs> Okay. Oh, the girl, uh, Twin Peaks person. Yeah, Laura Palmer. Larry Drake. I don't know who that is. What? <laughs> Rolf, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> oh, my God. The, co the guy from The Cosby Show. Yep. So, But these are really famous people. Yep. Look at them all together on that beach. How did they get them all together they're on that all... beach? Well, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Bud Spencer? He's like an Italian... Like, he's the most random guy. We only know him in Italy. Who are these... This, this is so weird. Why do you always have to freak me out with these weird things? This is not reality. I'm so confused. I don't like it. <laughs> what boy tone? <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, I can't believe this Kathleen Turner. It's just amazing how you like have some like real obscure people, Italian people, and then like <laughs> Kathleen Turner yep. and close. Meja, who is she? Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli. So, I guess it's something for charity. Nope. It must be. Oh goodness, I don't know. And then there's three guys with uh, Daryl Hannah. Oh, I'm so like I just can't. <laughs> I can't handle it. Also, they've been saying "Let It Be" about six hundred and fifty thousand times. That's the song. That's the song. Let it be. That's what it's about. I know, about. but when beat when the Beatles sing it, it's different than all these random people. Especially when you're like having a what Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> I don't think I can handle this anymore. <laughs> oh, and there's three random dudes with a red jumper. They're key. They're, they're important. Okay, it's something to do. Oh, what is this? So apparently... So, like, that uh, was the most... <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Apparently. Yeah is a Norwegian TV show from 2010 where those three people okay. in the red jumpers went around and interviewed people, pop culture figures from the 90s and 80s. And that okay. was made as an advert to promote the fourth season of that show. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched it like five times since I found it the other day. I can't, I can't stop... <laughs> Watching it, I find it's so compulsively weird. Because it would have made sense if they were all like in a different room, you know, they're singing the song. No, 
They're all on the same beach. But no, they're all on the same beach, which is not a real beach. It's just like a green screen. Yeah. And they're singing and they're really into it. And it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. But it's not and meant it's... to be weird. And that's what makes it so fascinating. Yeah. It's <sighs> completely sincere. It is. I don't. Yeah. Well, well, listeners, there'll be a there'll be a link to that video in the show notes, uh, and I would recommend that you watch it. If you're easily uh, freaked out, are you gonna watch? I don't know. If I find it really strange. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. How did you find it? Uh, somebody posted it on a Facebook group I'm in, saying, "I can't believe pe- more people don't talk about this. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen on YouTube." And I. <laughs> Said to myself in my head, I said, I think you'll find that I will be the judge of whether this is the funniest thing on YouTube or not. And then I watched it and I was like, no, that's true. They told the truth. It's the funniest thing. It's the strangest, funniest, weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's so strange. Because it, the the types of celebrities keep changing. So you can never predict who's going to suddenly appear in front of you. No, no. It's weird. It's so you know Bud Have you ever seen Bud Spencer? No. I don't know who that like, is. He's Italian. He's an Italian guy that they do like spaghetti western but like funny ones. But his name is not Bud Spencer. It's, that's the least wanted, Italian like, name to, of all time. Yeah, but because I think they wanted people to know them uh, outside of Italy so they get like it was like a duo and he one of them called themselves Bud Spencer and the other one, Terence Hill, but they're both Italian. I think I've heard of Terence Hill. That's interesting because Sergio Leone didn't have that problem. Yeah, but Sergio Leone was, you know, Sergio I, Leone. I guess. So Bud Spencer's real name is uh, Carlo Pe- Pedersoli. That is a more Italian name. Yeah. And uh, he did like real funny spaghetti westerns, like kind of like spoofs of spaghetti westerns. Right. And Terence Hill's name is Mario Girotti. Well, T- Terence Hill's never sung "Let It Be on a Beach," so I'm I'm less interested in him. But Bud Spencer, I'm, fasc- <laughs> I'm fascinated. Yeah, and I think the films they did they were kind of dubbed in Italian. It was really weird, but maybe maybe one day I'll make make you show one of them. Well, that was the how film. they that was how they did uh, spaghetti westerns. Is that every actor just spoke yeah. in their native language, right? And then it was all mm, dubbed for whatever yeah. market. It's a very yeah. bizarre way of making... Well, and not bizarre, I guess. Just a very different way of making films. And it's how yeah. uh, G- Dario Argento and Jello movies were made later as well. Is um, Everyone just spoke in their mm-hmm. own language and then it all got... So there's no there's no original... It's quite frustrating sometimes because there's no original dub of any of these movies. It's Any any, any version, any language you watch is, is at some point going to have somebody dubbed over because everyone was speaking a different language on set. Bizarre. Fascinating. It'd be amazing to watch it without any dubbing at all. Like, yeah. Just everybody speaking a different language. Just this, just, yeah, just a vision of this utopian society where everyone understands everyone irrespective of what language they're speaking. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a wonderful idea. What a dream. It is. <laughs> right. Marry me, Alex. Marry me. Marry me. Marry me. Marry me. Say yeah. I guess it is a musical, yeah. isn't it? It is a musical. Yeah, it's a musical. Is it one of your favourite musicals? Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, yeah. It, 20, so let's talk about it. We're talking about it. We're doing it. Let's talk about okay. it. Okay. 2022. Romantic comedy. Director. Cat Coro. Cairo. C-O-I-R-O. 
Koiro, Koiro, yeah. uh, written by John well, Rogers, Tammy yeah. Sager and Harper Dill. And this made me fall out of my chair at the end of the film, based on the graphic novel by Bobby Crosby. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> have you read that graphic novel? No. Uh, well, luckily for you, you, I have, so we can talk about that later. Well, you read it after? Yeah, oh, oh yes, because like I said, I fell out of my chair when I found out this was based on a graphic novel. I did not know, but now I know. Oh, no, oh boy. Okay. I, I know. <laughs> I mean, okay. But Bobby, Bobby Crosby is a man, and it's quite a sign <laughs> that the film has got a woman listed as one of the screenwriters because the comic book was not written by a woman and that is evident on every frame and we'll we'll get there. So, <laughs> so, uh, it's, so, it stars Jennifer Lopez as Kat Valdez, yes. uh, international mm-hmm. singing sensation. Um, her character, Superstar, her character in this movie could influencer. have... Influencer. Yeah. Her character could have been called Jennifer Lopez, really. She's, she's sort of playing yeah. herself. Uh, which is, yeah. but that's that's not a criticism. That's absolutely fine. She's an incredible person. Yeah. Um, Owen Wilson as Charlie Gilbert. S- mm-hmm. Somebody called Maluma. Yeah. Who is, I guess, very famous and exciting person and very talented guy in the areas in which he is successful and renowned. I'm assuming. Oh, I guess so. Yes. Okay. I don't know. Uh, he pl- he, <laughs> this he, was the first time I've heard of him. No. Yeah. But mm. he. I mean, he has a voice. He can sing. I'm not gonna deny that. Oh, definitely. He's got a great voice. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He he plays Bastian, uh, and then we mm-hmm. also have rounding out the cast, uh, uh, a, a good a good actor and a bad actor. We've got Sarah Silverman as pa- yeah. Parker Debs, and then mm-hmm. John Bradley as Colin mm-hmm. Calloway. Mm-hmm. That's our cast. That's the movie. Yeah, it was made on a budget of twenty three million dollars, which I'm I I don't know. That's probably about right for a, for a romantic comedy. I think these aren't huge. These don't eat up budgets for films. I don't think. And uh, so far, it's made around the world thirty seven point four million dollars. So I think we could say it's been a, a pretty reasonable su- success, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A pretty reasonable success. Yeah, a good success. Reception-wise, on the old Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 60% mm-hmm. score on uh, on the Tomato Meter from Critics, which is right on the edge. If it had 59%, it would be uh, classes, classed as rotten, but 60% mm-hmm. is the threshold, so it's technically classified as fresh. Okay. On Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. You're making, you're making like faces that make me very unsure of what, what direction you're going to go in with this discussion. As I've described this, um, and the or but the audience score similar to Uncharted, the audience score is ninety two percent. So audiences are loving it. Audiences are going crazy for "Marry Me." They're saying "Marry Me" to "Marry Me." That's how much they like it. <laughs> Doing well. Marry me, marry me, marry me. <laughs> Say yeah. That song has been in my head for days. By the way, good. Only that bit, not that song. That was <laughs> like. Few words. So, uh, before we talk about it, before we sort of talk through the plot a little bit in more detail, just let's have a little brief chat about what we, what did you think when you saw Marry Me? What were your thoughts going in? How did you find the movie? What's your ultimate sort of, you know, do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you rate it? What do you reckon to Marry Me, Alex? Shall we talk about it straight away? Yeah, yeah I think we should My do thought, this and well, then we can. 
Yeah, my thoughts previously. I, I, we watched the trailer together. Uh, we, ha- I had watched it previously, and you know, I, I, I hoped. I was confused by the the <laughs> why a film like this was would be made, and why you know people would actually star in this film, like people, like Jennifer Lopez and. Um, what's his name Owen Wilson would star in this film and yeah. Sarah Silverman and you know people um because and so the, I was hoping the that plot is so be... wild the plot is so wild uh yeah um basically you don't really need to watch the film uh because you can pretty much figure it out from the trailer what is going to happen true uh, that's so, that's a, that's fair but i was hoping yeah that it would surprise me in a different sense. I thought maybe it would be different. It, but uh, it wasn't. <laughs> it was, um, it's very predictable, extremely predictable film. So, you know, at one point, you know, uh, they, they took a lot of um, inspiration from other films. You know, there's the classic Pretty Woman scene where Richard Gere shows uh, Julia Roberts uh, a necklace and she tries to touch the necklace and Richard Gere closes the box. Right. And the same thing happens in this film with Cat uh, uh, Valdez and her assistant. So it was like, oh, okay. So it's a bit of a homage to romantic comedy of the 90s, I guess. I mean, I guess. I didn't really make that connection. It's a pretty small moment in the movie, but I... I think I can see. Well, so not, but I think if you've seen the films of, yeah, like, if, I don't know, if, like, I've watched a lot of romantic comedies in the 90s and, you know, you can, like, you know, get them and there's the kind of uh, press conference, uh, like Notting Hill. It, it reminds me a lot of Notting Hill. Like uh, it's the, definitely the, Notting like, Hill. The, the guy, but it's not the same. It's, like, Notting Hill was good when it was made, but. I, I don't know. It was it, it, I, it felt very insincere for me. I didn't I didn't find any chemistry between Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. Yeah. Uh I I was kind of hoping that the twist would be that Owen Wilson wanted to help her so she wouldn't feel humiliated, which is nice. Yeah. And then they would and then they, she would actually form a really nice friendship with this man that would like support her as a friend. But then it ended that they become, they fall in love with each other. And I find it so unbelievable. Not because, just because they didn't have, first of all, any chemistry. And also I wanted something different. Like if you want to, why can we not just have like a nice friendship between you two? Like you you know? Yeah. I was yeah. hoping that that would be the difference, that she realises that she doesn't need to be married again because she's already been married like three times or something. And I was hoping that maybe she would realise that, that she could do things by herself. And then, you know, she's got a nice friendship with this guy that she didn't have to necessarily fall in love with, but she has to fall in love with him. But that chemistry is so... Un- <laughs> There's nothing there. Also, I think I think they photoshopped, they airbrushed Owen Wilson. Like he has no sign on his face. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, like possibly. it felt like they like airbrushed him. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, 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 I did not enjoy it. Oh, wow. You didn't enjoy it. You're going all the way in the negative column. I did not like it at all. Wow. I thought it was really ridiculous. Wow. Well, like Owen Wilson is a good actor. He wasn't very good in this. Uh, We know that uh, Jennifer Lopez is a good actress. She wasn't very good in this. (laughs) There was no chemistry between the two. Like, I, I think it could have been better. Like, I think, I think you, we're in a time where you can do things so much better. It felt like it wasn't, they didn't care how they made it. And I think that's also why I was disappointed. Like, she has this big concert and she's supposed to get married. And it looks like they're doing it in a, in a youth centre. Like, it's so small. Let's talk the more specifics as we go through the plot. But you are 100% okay. correct on that. <laughs> no. I just, but I was disappointed because it felt like nobody cared about that movie. Like they just made a film, and nobody cared about anything about acting well or uh, doing a good job or making it a little bit realistic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. What did you think? <laughs> uh, so I think I went in having seen the trailer like you. Um, having seen the trailer repeatedly, I think, in front of other films at the cinema, uh, I went in with probably quite low expectations, expecting it to be what it was, which was uh, a pretty generic romantic comedy. And came away from it. I mean, I like Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. I like Owen Wilson. And I really like Sarah Silverman. And I Sarah Silverman Mm. did make me laugh, you know, most of the times when she was on screen, she made me laugh at least once or twice while she was in the film, mm. just because I really enjoy her and what she does. I don't like John Bradley, and he's not good in this film. Um, and then, yeah, was like, he good in Game of Thrones? Not, no, not especially. He just he was in it. <laughs> he was in it a lot. He mm. so, but, but based on that, he was successful, I suppose, and that would be maybe why he's now um, acting in lots of things as various, you know, British men. But no, he wasn't very good in Game of Thrones. Um, and it's what 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 did I like about it? I thought the music in it was was okay. I didn't mind it too much. Fairly standardy pop stuff. Um, mm. that was you know catchy in parts. I felt that the chemistry between Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez was fascinatingly weird. Uh, not good, <laughs> like you said, but there was so many. So many scenes in this movie where Owen Wilson is being the world's dullest man to Jennifer Lopez and she's having to try and display some level of interest or passion for him. Yeah. And his like there's a bit in it where she asks him what his favourite song is and he gives, <laughs> he gives her yeah. he gives her an answer that and we'll get to it, but he gives her an answer that made me want to just walk straight out of the cinema. I was like, this man does not <laughs> then it goes to them. Like it was like what? It's like he was from the nineties and she's from the twenty from the twenty uh, twenties. Like it just. It wasn't like he was from the nineties. It was like he was from the guy the has 50s. got a flip phone. The guy has got a flip phone. No, but I mean, like he's from before the nineties. He's from like the fifties. Yeah. Like that musical that he likes. I've never even heard of oh, it. Yeah. No. And then when they're listening to a song from it, it's just <laughs> terrible. And then she sat there going. Oh, this is this song's really good, and I I think I love you. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, what did so that I liked? I liked the cast. I like that. I like the cast, and I think that yeah. that for me got me through in a way. Like you said, none of them are particularly good in it. Owen Wilson is trying so hard to be boring in this movie, and I don't quite understand why. It's a very weird character that they've got him playing. Um, yeah. And then Jennifer Lopez, I think she's I think she has an incredibly difficult job in it because she has to try and somehow make it seem natural that she would fall in love with this boring man. And she does the best she can with it. I thought she was okay in it. I didn't mind doing it better than Owen Wilson. Mm. Um, what I didn't like was uh, the, that weird chemistry, how boring Owen Wilson's character was. And... Um, the the sort of there's it's got this kind of quite serious defense of social media in it as a positive thing which i was like i don't like social media i don't think that that's a good thing i think that owen wilson's right to have a flip phone probably get carry on doing that owen wilson and but do please follow us on instagram mm. and and, and uh, communicate with us on instagram and and, and interact <laughs> with us and stuff and uh yeah um, oh, there was something else I didn't like about it, and it's gone out of my mind. What was it? Or something stupid? I can't remember. I can't remember. But no, I think I came down on sort of having an okay time with it in the cinema, but I don't think I'll ever need to watch it again. And it's not a very good movie, no. but it's kind of it's got a certain charm in its ludicrousness, and it's. It, 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 it's tortured attempts to make these two people like each other. Um, it's it's a very bizarre movie. It's a very strange movie. So let's should we should we sort of run <laughs> run for the plot a little bit and talk about what we felt how we felt about different scenes. Yeah, that let's do it. Good, you sound really enthusiastic. So that's good. Um, no, oh, just because I, I was I don't know. It's twenty twenty two. I wish there could be something a little bit like. A different kind of romance, you know, not the because I read a review where they were talking about like, oh, you know, this is uh, this is the romantic comedy uh, that uh, to remind us what romance is about. But it's like, what are you talking about? Well, no, that's not true. Uh, but I think that yeah, there are. I think that those movies get made. They tend to come out on streaming services now, maybe a bit more. But like, I think I think the romantic comedies that have a slightly different view of romance and maybe focused more on i feel like there was quite a good film recently that was more about a friendship it was like a romantic comedy about a friendship but i can't remember what it's called but i think those movies do get made and i think that I, I don't know i think it's fine to have a generic romantic comedy once in a while it might be odd for a podcast to decide to devote an episode to it but it's okay <laughs> So the movie opens with by introducing us to pop sensation Cat Valdez yeah. Uh, clearly, clearly a distance into her career in in control of the world, um, and everyone is the only thing anyone can talk about is that she is going to marry Bastian, um, live on stage, streaming to millions of people all over the world. Um, so we see like a bevy of like news reports and Instagram things and just the, the setting up this 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 perfect relationship, this perfect romance between these two pop superstars. Um, and they're going to get married live on stage after performing their hit song, Marry Me, Marry Me, me Say marry Yes. Me, um, say yeah. And uh, we see a little bit of uh, Kat Valdez and how she has all these yes men and yes women around her sort of mm. following her every whim, etc. 
uh, including her her manager Colin Calloway, played by John Bradley. Keep going, John. You're doing a great job. And um, <laughs> and we sort of we that sort of sets it up a little bit, and then and then it sets us up for the concert. But before we can go to the concert, we have to meet Charlie Gibbs, the world's most boring man. Um, yeah. he's making breakfast for his daughter. He's trying to get her to be interested in maths. She doesn't care. Actually, it turns out she does care, but she has um. Yeah. She has problems that can only be solved by dance. So it's lucky that later on um, somebody will teach her to dance. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so she's starting at his new school. No, she's starting a new school, which happens to be the school he works at as a maths teacher. Um, mm. And he wants her to join math club. And he seems he's one of these movie teachers where he doesn't really seem to teach lessons. He just runs the club that he likes. He just likes running the maths yeah. club. He doesn't have to teach kids that don't like maths. No, 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 no. That's not no. what you do in a movie. You you just run your maths club and have your maths challenge and etc. Yes. And then you run away to be uh, engaged to a pop sensation. Um. So yeah. So uh, he has he goes to school with his daughter, and then we meet at the school his best friend Parker, played by yeah. Sarah Silverman. Silverman. Who convinces him? Uh, because her his daughter's told him that he's boring because he is boring. Like that's why she thinks he's boring. Yeah. she thinks he's boring because he's incredibly dull. Um, but to try and come across as more exciting, he's going to take her to a concert. He's going to take her to the Cat Valdez concert with Sarah Silverman, where they will get married. Um, so then we cut to the concert, and this we've been told that this is going to be. Uh, watched by two hundred billion people all around the world. Everybody, it's all anyone's so talking about. Everyone's obsessed with this concert. So obviously, you're going to hold it in a bank of some or something. Yeah, what was it? Uh, a, a very did... a very small venue. I mean, it cuts to the stage and shows the audience, and there are not many people present for this supposedly no. enormous epochal cultural event. It's all Jimmy Fallon yeah. can talk about is this concert. <laughs> You must have loved that bit with Jimmy Fallon. Which bit? The first bit, the second bit, the third bit, or the fourth bit? <laughs> all of them. Yeah, all of them were great. Um, uh, but which is ridiculous because it's supposed to be this incredible thing and, like, uh, Sarah Silverman has got three tickets for this wedding. She's got three tickets and one for the girlfriend that she's had for two weeks. And her girlfriend's what, new partner. Did you partner buy the tickets she, two weeks ago? I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. Um, it's just like. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, in in the comics, the Sarah Silverman character discusses that she bought the tickets on eBay, uh, which is not a place you buy tickets. So I don't understand that. <laughs> Maybe she bought them on eBay. <laughs> Maybe this is an alternate Maybe. world where people sell tickets on eBay. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. It is 1945 and, uh, you know. Uh, but we open with uh, seeing Cat Valdez perform a song about being in church with some sexy nuns. Who, yeah. Uh, it's a very weird song. It's a very weird very performance. Song. It seems mm-hmm. uh, sort of almost like in, intentionally blasphemous. I, I I don't care about blaspheming, but it's almost some odd attempt to inject some level of, I don't know, controversy or like, I don't know. I don't know why, but she, she no sings idea. this song about church, but about church actually being a really sexy time. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's I guess it's to set up the the idea that the stage is a church, so that she can get married on the stage. 
Is that what's happening? Oh, is that the idea? I, 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 I will go with that. Okay, so she's... I have no idea what's happening here. Like they're in, they're basically in a garage for the biggest <laughs> concert of the world with a hundred people in front of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and oh, and there's space for people. Like Owen Wilson has got all the space in the world. Oh, he's very, he's he's very comfortable. He doesn't have any problems. He's very, yeah. So, um, then. Sarah Silverman decides to film the concert on her phone. So she makes Owen Wilson hold her sign, which says, marry me on it. That will be important yeah. later. Um, yeah. For, there's a costume. And you notice that nobody else in the in the arena, in the youth centre, yeah. has got a sign no. saying marry me. No, only she was the only one only... that thought to take the marry me sign to the marry me concert. Yeah. Clever yeah. lady. Um, then, 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 uh, Kat Valdez goes backstage to, um, to get ready for the wedding, mm. uh, at which point I think the audience of 10 in the theatre are left to just wait. I don't think anything is happening on stage at that point. It's quite unusual for a pop concert to just stop, yeah, yeah, stop just for a bit chilling. so that some yeah. plot can, can kind of occur. I think Bastion goes out and yeah. does a song, but there's definitely a period where there's just nobody, oh, yeah, yeah. nobody's there. There's nobody on stage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. It's very quiet as well. Like, it's a very quiet concert hall. Yeah. And then suddenly, everybody starts looking at their phone. And John uh, <gasps> John Bradley notices everybody's looking at their phone. So he looks at his phone and, and oh, no, Bastion's been a, a, oh, a no. dirty little boy with Kat's assistant. <laughs> uh, and, mm-hmm. um, of course, Kat finds out, just as she's standing on a hydraulic lift to be lifted back onto the stage to marry Bastion, she discovers that he yeah. is um, a cheater. And he's cheated on her, so mm. obviously the wedding will not go ahead. So she has a little no. a little breakdown, which is understandable because it's quite an intense yeah. situation. I don't know how I would Definitely. feel if I'd told 200 million people I was going to get married and then they all found out at the same time that my partner had cheated on me. That would be quite mm-hmm. upsetting. So she, she, says, she says something that I think is meant to appear deep but just sounds nonsensical about um, taking yeah. a, a chance, if you see a chance or something. She sees Owen Wilson holding the marry me sign and she marries him. And it is as like the movie has done everything it can to set this scenario up in a way that makes sense. And it doesn't. And it's weird. It doesn't. It's so strange. Like there is, she doesn't ask him. He doesn't say anything. Where yeah. is the consent? It's 2022. We need to ask for consent. Let me tell okay. you, let me tell you something crazier. In the comic book, the, the this pivotal scene Happens off page. It happens between panels. We are we don't see it even happen. What? Yeah, it's very weird. I'll talk more about it later. Um, oh my goodness! But but she kisses him. Like he goes on stage, doesn't say anything. You know. Do you mind doing this? You know, like a little conversation would be nice. I think it's meant to be also gone. Where is her family? They all died is when she was a child. Down? She talks about it later. Is that true? Yeah, they were all dead or something. She? She's been alone since she was a teenager. She says this. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the family don't oh, matter. Nah, she does. She does. She says it she later. She doesn't say that in the film. She does. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. I completely missed that. Yep. No, she she absolutely does. <laughs> um. Oops. 
<laughs> That's how engaged I was. So afterwards, uh, they they're married. Um, they they have a very awkward uh, sort of limo ride back to her hotel apartment. Something. Then he gets dropped off at his apartment, and um, they are both sort of weird and sad. And um, there's a bit where Owen Wilson decides he might fight this um, like twenty five year old Colombian bodybuilding singer. Um, but then luckily everyone else jumps in and stops that from happening. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then the next day, Jennifer Lopez is doing some serious yoga, which is... Oh, real serious. <laughs> Not even sweating. Yep. That was... She's very good at that yoga, is Jennifer Lopez. She's mm-hmm. also able to have a meeting during her yoga session where she decides, you know what, I'm going to stay married to this guy. Get in touch with him, find out if he wants to stay married. And uh, he says, no, I don't want to stay married. And then John Bradley says, oh, but please. And he goes, oh, okay, I'll stay married. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> the interaction. Literally exactly what happens in the movie. And... Um, yeah. Then they start having some sort of like posed media appearances where she makes a smoothie while he stands off camera. I don't know how that's meant to be promoting their relationship, but that happens. Um, She has an assistant that hates him and I I don't quite know why, but she does. And um, Because it's not cool. Yeah, it's not cool enough. He doesn't have enough... He's got a flip phone. Yeah, he doesn't have enough followers to be uh, with Kat Valdez. So that happens, and then it's sort of they. So there's sort of a point in the movie where he carries on being very boring, but all of a sudden you can tell that she has to start looking interested. So she starts looking interested in him, and um, she even she even and this is very cute, Alex. Uh, this would this would go well on uh the Daily Mail's showbiz section. Uh, she turns up at his school to meet his students. And of course, the only students she meets are his math team because they seem to be the only students in the school. It's a school of f- 10 <laughs> students. They have one classroom. <laughs> they have a guidance counsellor and a maths teacher. And that is that is all they've got in their school. Yeah, there's nobody else. And oh, no, there is the choir. <laughs> Fair. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to... The we'll acapella. Get... <laughs> I will get there. I guess we'll get there. Um, yeah. Yeah, she meets, she meets his students... And again, this scene of Jennifer Lopez sort of meeting these kids was maybe one of the bits of the movie I actually kind of enjoyed a little bit. What did you enjoy about She's that? teaching them how to dance and they, they like her and it's just quite nice. It's a nice little bit. It's a nice bit where it's not focused on the impossible romance between the two of them. And it's more focused on her, the idea that a pop star's turned up in a school and is teaching the children to dance. I thought it was a nice little moment. I didn't mind it. Okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and and she tells them that to solve difficult mass problems that they should dance and it's a very funny thing because it's about it's bad advice but it works later in the movie because it has to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it doesn't work because she they lose anyway. So. That's I guess that's true. Stupid advice. And then there's a bit where they're falling prop they're properly falling in love. Um, there, uh, Jennifer Lopez, Cat Valdez gives. Um, Owen Wilson, uh, Charlie's daughter, a bag, um, which is obviously a lovely thing to do. Gives her a little charity bag uh, to take home. Yeah. 
and um, then uh, finds out, Charlie finds out that Kat's going to go to Puerto Rico to be with uh, Bastion. And he's like, oh, okay, well, if you want to try again with Bastion, then that's fine. Um, and then and then he's like, but if you wanted to come to my school dance and be a chaperone, that would be fun. And she says, oh, yes, that would be fun. Let's do that. So then she goes to his school dance with him. Uh, where we she walks in and there is a, uh, a music teacher at the school as well. I forgot that there are actually two teachers in the school. And uh, yeah. <laughs> they do an acapella performance of Marry Me. Yeah. What do you, what, what do you make of that? I quite like that one. I thought that was a good interpretation of Marry Me. Yeah, it was all I right. I quite like that yeah, one. Yeah, it would be very awkward yeah. and embarrassing for Cat Valdez, but it happened. Yeah. Um, and then she kind of, you know, she spends time. It, that seems bizarre because it, it would, it, if that happened in real life, if, say, you know, if Jennifer Lopez turned up to a school dance, yeah, the school dance would become everyone queuing up to talk to Jennifer Lopez. Right? Yeah. But she just mingles with them I, as if she's it, not there. Yeah. Yeah. As if it's not her. And I, like, yeah. Does does photos with and then without being asked to, which I think is very presumptive, she decides to do a private concert for them. She, of like a song written in nineteen eighty five or something. Yeah, because it's off her first. It's off everybody first knows, but she's singing it to a bunch of kids. But everybody knows this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the, the music teacher knows it because he comes up and, and and performs it with her. And again, the, again, this whole scene again was one that I thought was okay. Because it was sort of odd and weird, and it wasn't a totally focused on their romance, so it was, you know it happened. Um, then, I think it's after the school dance. They're walking along the street. I think this might be why where she says she's not got any family and she's done it all for herself. And there's a key line around here where she says, "I've never even been nominated." Oh, imagine never having been nominated for what? Who knows? Uh- I, I they're walking the dog, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're like walking the dog. Um mm, I I I'm I lost that. I yeah, I didn't Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's quite a funny bit earlier on in the movie where Owen Wilson tries to explain I guess why it's okay to be boring to his daughter but ends up accidentally making her think that her dog's about to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um strange. He's a strange man. He doesn't know how to interact with anyone, let alone his own daughter. Um this is where, oh, yes, he says that, she, yes, because he tells her that he loved the song she just performed. I think it was called After Love. And then yeah. she says, well, what's your favourite song? And he says, do you know the musical Camelot? And every single person in the world says, no, I don't know what that is. Is that real? No. Is it real? Ah, it... oh, well, we, well, we've got the internet in front of I us. Guess, we can check. I guess we Camelot, do have the, the musical. Cabalot is a 1960 musical by Alan J. Lerner. It's based on King Arthur legend as, as adapted from T.H. White's 1958 novel, The Once and Future King. There was so a, it is real. And there was a film version released in 1967 starring Richard Harris. Uh that film quarterly's William Johnson called Hollywood at its best and worst. <laughs> Clifford Terry. But it's a very obscure, like, he could have said My Fair Lady or something. No, he likes Camelot. That's Adam J. Lerner. 
Uh, Clifford Terry of the Chicago Tribune said it's a beautiful, enjoyable splash of optical opiate. When people people were a bit 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 wordier in the sixties, um, although, but I don't know. Anyway, I'd never heard of this musical. I don't think anyone had heard of this musical. He plays her a song from it, and she claims to really like it, but it sounds awful. And um, it does. It's like the worst song ever. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> uh, in a in a moment ripped straight out of the graphic novel, Owen Wilson then just basically asks her straight up to her face, "Are we about to have sex?" Um, to which the answer apparently is yes. And they spend a beautiful yeah. night together. Uh, and the next morning, Owen Wilson negs the hell out of her and makes her stop being on social media and look after herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, to which she insists that he gets social media as a return challenge, which makes the whole affair feel, feel bizarre. Um, and then... Let's rush through this a little bit because I'm, 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 I'm tired of marrying me at this point. Yeah, me too. Ba- Let's go. Bastion turns up again at a math at a math recital yeah. thing. He says, "You've been nominated yeah. for a Grammy." And Jennifer Lopez says, "Oh my God, a nomination! Finally, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I need to go and sort of rekindle my relationship with Bastion, but also I still want to be with you, Anna Wilson. But I'm not going to tell you that because if we actually communicate with each other at any point, it would it would not allow the drama for the rest of the movie to occur. So." I'm going to make you think that I don't want to be with you anymore, but really I do. And then Owen Wilson goes to, she performs this song at the Grammys and I, does she win the Grammy? Do we even find ever, I don't think we even I know if she wins know. the Grammy, but she performs this song with, with Bastion. Again, again, this movie creates a world in which like a live concert by a singer is something that is like a cultural event. That's not true. Yeah. But everything is a cultural event. Why would you have a press conference about you getting married? Like, Weird. Weird. Um, like, you don't do press conferences about that. No, we've got to get ahead of this. It's, it's like she's a politician. When she talks about her career, it's like she's it's bizarre. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's too important. That's the thing. Like, she's the only singer in the world and she's too important. Uh, like, it's unbelievable. She's not the only singer in the world, though, Alex, because in a moment uh, after Owen Wilson breaks up with her, thinking that she should be with Bastion, she writes a new song called On My Way and we see ah, a yes. visual representation of, I suppose, the iTunes chart as it rockets up the charts, <laughs> overtaking a load of singers I've never heard of <laughs> that I think must have been invented for the movie, um, and including one song by Bastion. It ends up at number one. Everyone loves it. And then she's on Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy's saying, yeah. Hey, Kat, um, you wrote this song for Bastion. How wonderful is that? And you're going to get back together? When are you going to do the next? When are you gonna actually just going to get on with it? already and she has a she has an epiphany she has a moment of clarity and she says i didn't write that song for bastion and she just stands up and walks off his chat show and he does not have any reaction that's the at thing. All. who does that like i wish i wish everyone would do that um <laughs> and then there is a intermittently funny sequence of Jennifer Lopez's character attempting to get to this math contest in the middle of nowhere, not understanding that you can't just offer to buy somebody's plane ticket off them uh, because of, uh, you know, international factors. And, um, and, and, and uh, that's quite, that's a funny bit. Yeah. And she offers, she offers to buy the entire plane champagne and the woman on the plane is like, this isn't, we don't have champagne on a plane like this. (laughs) 
this is not the kind of plane that has champagne on it. Yeah. Uh, and then she gets to the maths, the maths show, and uh, Owen Wilson is in the middle of trying to help his daughter win it by encouraging her to dance while working out math problems, like like Cat Valdez taught her to. And uh, she walks in and she holds up a sign that says "Marry me." This time she's holding up the sign, and he's the one looking at. He's the one that, like on stage. It's a it's a revert role reversal. It's a classic role reversal. He's on. He's the pop performer in on stage, and she's the one in the crowd holding up the sign that says "Marry me." But there's a funny little gag because she has another sign that says "Again" on it because they're already married, and um, he says "Yes." They kiss, and the world's most improbable romance uh, plays out. Um, and continues. And that's the movie. Oh, except for the fact that Jamila Jamil turns up for like a second. Um, Jamila Jamil turns <laughs> up. I was just like, what are you doing in this role of a, of like, why? There has got to be I an entire like- sequence on the cutting room floor. Like, it cannot be that she was just in the film for that one minute long scene. She must have I filmed have, more stuff, surely to goodness. So disappointing. And then the worst part is over the end credits. It the movie says that Jamila Jamil and John Bradley get together and get married. No, what? Where yeah, did that come from? Because all English people are attracted to each other. That is true, did actually. Yes, no, that is true. <laughs> oh, and that's the film. That's the film. Did predictable, ridiculous. They just. I just wish there was a. If it was a romantic comedy that is like romantic and it doesn't try to be too intelligent and like, oh, social media is bad. Not everything is real on social media. We know. We know that not everything is real on social media. In my opinion, it's just outdated. It's just. It's already been done. Move on. I think it would have been nice if they could have just. Because also they dropped when they broke up. Did you care? Like when I watched Notting no. Hill, when they broke up, I actually cared. It felt like sad. But here, I didn't really care. I was like, oh, well, of course they broke up. They shouldn't be together. And he doesn't seem to be interested in her. Yeah, but neither does Bastion, to be fair. No, no, nobody seems to be interested in Jennifer Lopez. Which is crazy, because she's Jennifer Lopez. It's just crazy. Everybody should be interested in Jennifer Lopez. So... I just, I don't know. But Alex, it could have been much worse. It could have been much worse. Could it? Let me tell you how it could have been much worse. Ah, yeah, you you read the. Can I? Have you got like? Are you what? Is the graphic novel on your on your Kindle? This is a digital graphic novel which you can read the first three issues of for free on the internet. So I have done that. Oh. Hmm. Because I want to see how it's been drawn. Well, I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link in a minute, but let me tell you about it first. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, if you type Marry Me Graphic Novel, you'll see a general look at the uh, at what it looks like. Oh, is it colour? It is colour. Like, yeah. Wow. It's, even the graphic novel is outdated. Yeah, the art style oh is very much... Um, Oh, it, it look- and the font for the marry me bit is ridiculous. Uh, it looks like a webcomic, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, which is ultimately okay. broadly what it is. Um, in this, so the, so the webcomic Marry Me was written by Bobby Crosby and I was reading it and I was like, this doesn't feel like something that a Hollywood, it did, like this doesn't feel like the movie and also why does it feel so different? And then I realised 
the 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 comic book is a male fantasy and the movie is at least within the creation of it within the creative team of it there are women to make it feel like to some degree less of a male gaze exclusive kind of thing um yeah. let me tell you some stuff about the about the graphic novel alex the pop star in this novel is called stasia okay she's a mm-hmm. blonde white 24 year old uh, her her sort of she only has one clear kind of member of staff around her unlike in the movie which is her sister who's pregnant I'm not quite sure what the point up to which I'm in the book in the graphic novel the point I got to it's not yet relevant why her sister's pregnant but she has a pregnant sister that's helping her run her show um, and she has a dad who is a manager who we don't really meet much in the comic book but is a presence uh, is is kind of a, a scary presence in the life of Stasia, it would seem. Um, so quite, di- they took a very different turn with the movie of getting rid of the family entirely for uh, the character, which is Kat in the film. Um, mm. In the in the comic, the, the concert that they go to does not have a marriage element in it. Okay. Kat is, of Stasia, is not meant to marry anyone at the concert. She just... So the main character in the comic is called Guy. He's a high school counsellor like Sarah Silverman's character is. He's not a maths teacher. He's just a school counsellor. And Mm. his friend Parker, the Sarah Silverman character in the movie, drags him to the concert. I can't even remember why now, but she takes him to the concert and she's... (laughs) She's so in love with the character of Stasia that she just takes a marry me sign just to take to the concert, right? Just because she loves Stasia so much. Then she goes to the toilet, makes him hold the sign while she goes to the toilet. And then off screen, off page, Stasia sees Guy holding this sign and marries, says, come up here on stage, I want to marry you and marries him. And they're just ha- in the in the comic. There just happens to be a priest present. <laughs> there just happens what? to be a priest, like an old man priest, at this concert, dressed up as a priest, ready to marry somebody. And they get married. And then the Sarah Silverman character, the best friend, sees this happening on her phone while the while she's outside having a wee in the bushes, and pisses her pants. And then there is a running joke where this character is running around and everyone is complaining about how badly she smells because she's wet herself. Um, They dropped that element from the film, which is, I think, for the best. Um, Who in Hollywood saw this? I was like, I want to adapt this into a film. It gets worse, Alex. As soon as they get backstage after the concert, basically one of the very first things that Guy asks Stasia in this version of it is if they're going to have sex. That's like the first thing he's interested in knowing. Then the best, the best, <laughs> the best friend manages to make her way backstage, and yeah. drags him, drags him aside to try and ask him to set up a threesome, um, which is an element ditched for the movie. Um, guy, basically, immediately just ditches work. Work doesn't matter anymore. He's like, this is more important than work, which is the opposite of Owen Wilson's Owen Wilson's stance in, yeah. in the film, um, and. The character of Stasia is presented as being 
absolutely perfect. She loves everyone. She's kind to everyone. She turns out that she married Guy intentionally. She's been looking for somebody at a concert holding a sign that says marry me because she wants to marry a fan because she wants to marry she just, she wants to marry somebody who oh. who, who loves her. And she's she's obsessed to an odd degree with charity work. Her favourite thing is charity work. And they never really define what charity work means. But there's a sequence in the comic book where they fly to Africa. Not a country. They fly to Africa, the continent of Africa, to go to her charity foundation that she's set up in Africa. (laughs) In all of Africa. In all of Africa. (laughs) And she gets to Africa with Guy and with like they all go to Africa together, and it does it say a city in Africa or just no, Africa? But she has a foundation in oh, Africa, the city of Africa, in the city okay. of Africa, where she where she says that on the fourth floor they're curing cancer. In the city of Africa, in the fourth floor, on the oh, on the fourth floor oh, of this it's foundation, because somebody tells her, "Oh, I lost my." Her bodyguard says to her, "I lost my grandmother to cancer," and she says, "Well, on the fourth floor, we're trying to cure that." So if you want to make a donation, please do. Fine. I can't. I just... <laughs> what? And then... Is this guy somebody's friend? Like He's a, how... he's a popular YouTuber who, who streams himself playing American football video games, is who this guy is. So... I this is this is about up to the point where that where I would have had to pay to read more of it. So this is about as far as I got. Um well, except for one thing which I'll explain in a minute. Uh he's he's perfect and she's perfect. The comic makes it clear that they are both perfect and perfectly matched to each okay. other and they quickly are falling in love. They get to this Af- they get to Africa. They get they get to her <laughs> charity foundation and building yeah. building a charity foundation next door is her ex-boyfriend who i guess is the bastian character but he's already her ex-boyfriend oh, okay. stuff. although he's he looks more like a sort of a harry styles or or more like the who's the, the whoever the blonde one was in one direction he looks like that mm. and he's building a charity foundation next to her charity foundation and as soon as he finds out that she's married Guy, he fires all the people building his charity foundation and tells her he was only building it to try and win her back and he doesn't care about charity. Unlike her, where she loves charity. In what way does she love charity? How does she love doing charity? We don't know, but she loves it. And her ex doesn't. But she runs off to rehire all of his workers so that she can build the charity foundation instead so she'll have two two charity foundations <laughs> in Africa. And... um the ex-boyfriend, when he's walking away, the Sarah Silverman character runs up and grabs him and starts hitting him and telling him how awful he is. And he turns around and hits her. And that's when Guy is like, you don't hit my friend who's a lady. And he, because he's because he's perfect and he's obviously a great fighter as well, he punches uh, the, the ex-boyfriend and knocks him clean out. And then there's a line where Parker says to Guy, he wasn't, he wasn't a very good hitter. Not like you, you're a great hitter. He'll be out for a while. Because Guy is all of us. All of us guys reading the comic, we're all Guy. That's why he's called Guy because he represents all of us. He's a he's a real he's a real sort of cipher for the audience. This guy, and um, 
So he has to be obviously amazing. at. And he's a nerd. He's a nerd. He talks about how he's a nerd. And if we're reading digital graphic novels, Alex, we're nerds as well. And isn't it wonderful to read this story about a nerd marrying a famous sexy pop star who immediately falls in love with him? And she loves nerds. She says that she loves nerds and she loves, she loves him. And maybe maybe the sexy pop stars of the world, Alex, maybe they can love us nerds as well. That's what this comic book is. That's... It's a male fantasy bizarre. And then... The way I was reading it, it would show me one page of the novel and then I had to click next at the bottom and it would show me the next page. And after issue three, when it got to issue four, when I click next, it just took me to some random page really far ahead in the story and it was impossible for me to carry on reading, basically, so I had to stop there. But the only thing I want to finish on is that the random page it brought me to was at some point in the story, they're all drinking blood. I don't know why, I don't know what the context is, but it took me to this page where they were drinking blood together bizarre so it, bizarre. it could have been worse is what i'm saying to you it it could have been worse but also i feel like we could move on from this idea of crap <laughs> i guess my take on it is you know crappy cliche movies are always going to get made and i think there's a certain amount of enjoyment in them and them those types of films being made doesn't stop more original interest in work being done as well and we can have yeah, we yeah. can have both i think oh yeah but i feel i feel like you could be a cliche movie and be enjoyable no definitely you can do it really well and you you can do it badly but. so how many how many buckets out of 5 uh one wow one for what well, two for the acting three for the show no, four to for get the ready actors, no go go sorry. go two two for the actors Okay, I'm gonna go two and a half buckets. I think I, I think I liked it a little bit more than you did. We did it. We watched it. We made a special, and now we're never gonna talk about it ever again. Not true. I'm gonna talk about it every opportunity I get. I'm gonna order the, <laughs> I'm gonna order the full graphic novel for the costly sum of five dollars and finish it. Oh my god! And I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna Are you gonna you finish it? it? No, I'm not gonna do any of those things. Of course not. Um, <laughs> right. So, it, there was a joy, though, to talk t- to you, as always, about it. Um, yeah. And that was that was the 63rd episode of Culture Bucket. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and, yeah, don't prob- probably don't watch Marry Me. Wait for it to come to streaming. Watch it for free on streaming. Yeah. Yeah, don't go to the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, watch, yeah. It. watch it on a streaming service you already subscribe to when it comes to it, which it will pretty yeah. pretty quickly. Um and yeah, next week I'm excited because we're going to be doing our, our top five, our top five best picture winners at the Oscars because we're get we're entering Oscar Yay! season. Yeah. Woo-hoo! So look out for one or two or maybe even three sort of Oscar themed movies and um, Oscar themed movies, Oscar themed episodes, uh, starting with uh, our top five best picture winners, um, which I'm excited to talk about next week with you. That'll be good. Very excited. Yeah, so that'll be episode 64. Um, and uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Instagram's the main place you can find us. Please go and follow us on all the social media sites, just like Cat Valdez. Not, don't, be, don't be a Charlie Gilbert. Be a Cat Valdez and find us on social media. <laughs> uh, and talk to us, chat with us, tell us what you think about Marry Me, and uh, join us in the future. Please rate and review us on, on all the places you can, iTunes, Spotify, etc. Uh, it really would help us out and recommend us to your friends and help us grow. And, uh, yeah, have a lovely time, and we'll see you next time. Uh, love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. bye, 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 bye. bye.